Coffee Carmen Connection is about being human. It's about you choosing to prioritize your well-being, putting the time in to strengthen your resilience to adversity, and being part of a community that holds you accountable and offers support when the going gets tough. Our podcasts bring expert insight and real-life experiences together for you to enjoy and learn what it is that makes us human and how to work with it. Good morning, Gemma. Thank you very much for joining us on Coffee Calm Connections podcast. I'm really excited to have you here and think you've got some really interesting uh, life experiences to share with us. Do you want to um, introduce yourself and tell the listeners who you are? Yeah. Hi, I'm Gemma. I am a single mum of one and I work currently working from home, which is hectic, <laughs> horrible, hectic, always good in the fashion but yeah it, it's a lot it's very hard I've had a tough year or so hopefully coming out the other end now yeah absolutely what do you do so I work for Skipton Financial Planning and Advice it's part of Skipton Building Society so we do all the financial advice side um, so I work on the frontline team which is the premier service team so we take all of the customer calls, ranging from, you know, they just want a value on their investment to a complaint to they're wanting advice. And we also do application forms and quite a lot of admin as well. Wow. So it's something you need to have your head on for. Yes. <laughs> so there gives us the reason for the fact that it's been a hectic uh, year <laughs> with homeschooling, trying to work from home. How has sort of the pandemic, COVID, homeschooling, how's that affected your sort of job, professional side? When the pandemic originally started last year, I was the only one in the team with a child that was out of school. So I was able to be flexible with my hours. So I was able to work in the morning, have time with him in an afternoon. And then once he was in bed, I would then log, log back on to work. But it was a lot of stress on myself because at that time the pandemic was causing everybody to worry and panic about the money and they were withdrawing so we had a lot of admin to do so I was I was getting up at six o'clock in the morning and I wasn't going to bed till about one o'clock in the morning the next day just to keep up with it I was extremely tired how are you finding now? Because obviously we're a year on to the pandemic, but at this particular moment, without wanting to date the podcast too much, we're all in lockdown again. We're doing um, homeschooling again. How are you finding it this time around? I sort of learned from last time. We argued a lot over trying to do some schoolwork and it's just not worth it. So this time I'm a little bit more relaxed. I mean, work's extremely busy again, but... He's a little bit more, he's not scared, he's not as frightened, he sort of understands what's going on now. So with homeschooling, it is just, a, if it happens, it happens, sort of. Uh, do you know what? I've spoken to so many people, and myself included, I've got three kids. That's it. If it happens, it happens. But well-being is absolutely paramount. Yeah. It is. Um, it got to a point where I was in tears every day. He was crying every day because you can't see anybody. You don't get that break from each other. So we, we were constantly in each other's pockets. 
and I'm not a teacher. So for me to try and teach him something that I do not understand myself was stressful and trying to teach him the way they teach him to the way I got taught to do things was it was just impossible. And also you say you're not a teacher and I think the teachers are doing an incredible job and have been for the last year with 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 you know homeschooling and and trying to do online learning but also you've got a day job as well so you're trying to do a job that you have never been trained to do in a way that you've got no idea as well as manage the home your own life your your yeah, I hundred I percent get it. And I actually think the fallout from the burnout of people juggling all these balls over the last year is going to is gonna last well into you know the future. Yeah, definitely. It's gonna have an impact on everybody. I mean, it's had an impact. I mean, Alpha, he is he's so he's got so clingy. So he's, it's going to have an impact on him being around other people and he doesn't like to be away from me now. So it, it's having a big impact to the point he, sleep, he wants to sleep in my bed and, you know, he wants to know what time I'm going to bed and if he doesn't know that time, then he panics. And Yeah, I, I, do you know, I think there's a whole, there's going to be a huge uh, psychological impact on young children that uh that sort of because some of this formative years for a lot of them my five-year-old thinks you know to go outside you have to wear a mask and he actually said to me last night mommy it's not illegal to walk outside with other people if you're two meters apart and I really want to see somebody else and I like that concept from a five-year-old we're all struggling with it but how must it be to them without the life experience of what normality is? And another thing is my son actually started a new school on the 5th of January, 2021. Okay. So oh. he started online schooling at a new school. And he actually said to me the other day, can I go back to my old school? Cause at least I get to see my friends. So he now believes his new school is mommy yelling at him while he looks through an iPad. Yeah. I think it's really sad. I think it's really sad how you manage because you mentioned that you're a single mum. So, you know, you're you're managing all of these balls on your own. Talk to me a little bit about that and how that affects you. It has mentally impacted me a lot, especially at the beginning, I panicked. It was panic central. How was I going to do this without... I rely a lot on my friends just to be able to go out and talk to them and, and have a drink with them and just sort of be Gemma instead of mum. And I lost all of that. So my coping mechanisms were taken away from me. So I started to panic. How am I going to do this? How am I going to work? How am I going to school? How am I going to have time for myself? All in one go. And then like, how am I going to do this being stuck in a house with an active seven-year-old child? It impacted me mentally. I mean, I think for the first three months, I don't think I slept. Mm. I don't think I slept, I don't think I ate. I just concentrated on Alfie and work. and Because it's not just that, it's money worries as well. You're thinking, oh my gosh, if I can't do my job, I'm not going to get paid. And I'm a single mum, I don't have another income coming in. And then you, you jump from one extreme to the other. You jump from everything being fine to, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my job. And then once once it, it once we'd got used to that working pattern, it, all them worries seemed to fade away a little bit. But it was juggling the 
working at home, I can jump on my laptop whenever I want. It's not like going into the office, doing your set hours and coming home. I can jump on my laptop whenever I want. I was finding that I was spending more time on my laptop working than because I felt like I had to because I was at home. So I wasn't having that time for myself. And that affected mine and Alfie's relationship because I was trying so hard to get him to do schoolwork and things like that. I just forgot to have a little bit of fun with him. I think that's um, something that I've felt as well. The fun's gone out. It snowed recently and there was just none of me that had that desire to go and play uh, because everything's so hard at the moment that almost you're in fight or flight mode all the time. It's interesting what you say about the boundaries. So I think as human beings, we need structure. And one of the things that this has done is is taken all boundaries and structure away, which affects us as well as obviously the children. Yeah, it does. It's your coping mechanisms and it's them boundaries of this is work time, this is chill time. You don't have them boundaries anymore because your laptop is so easily accessible. And the the sort of driving, I, I mustn't lose my job. I've got to work hard. I've somehow got to prove something to someone because they can't see what I'm doing or my yeah. colleagues are doing something and what if they're doing more than me? And Yeah, the, a lot of that came last year for me because I was, I mean, there are other girls in the team that have got children, but at that time I was the only one that had a child at home that needed homeschooling. And at that time, it, I was able to be flexible with me. I was, but I, for myself, I was still working extra hours, longer hours, because I felt like the girls at work were, they weren't judging me. I felt like they were because I wasn't doing my full job. I'm a senior in the team, so I'm a person that everyone goes to. And I felt like I wasn't there. And I felt like I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't on the phones. I took myself off the phones and I just did all the admin, which, yeah, was hard enough in itself. But my job is on the phone. So I just felt like everything had been taken away from me and then I I felt like I had something to prove. And I was just draining myself. Yeah, one-way street to burnout. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you've sort of realigned your coping mechanisms to get through this period. Is that right? Wrong? What are you finding now? Now, I have sort of changed things a little bit. I think the biggest thing for me was, it's like, for example, doing the food shop when we were in lockdown and all of this, you know, thing of, oh, children, you can only take one person to the supermarket. Well, I'm a single mum. I have had about five arguments with people outside the supermarket of me taking my my child with me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So the Um, judgment from other people is critical. Yeah. Yeah. It's made me realise you cannot judge just by looking at somebody. You do not know their their circumstances, their living situation. And a lot of the time when I've spoke to people outside that supermarket and they've stuck, the outfit was brilliant, just stuck by the trolley, didn't move, and he, he knew what he could and couldn't do because I drilled it into him that much. But you've still got people sticking their nose up at you. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'd have got more of a telling off if I left him in the car. 
But he, yeah, so when people have spoken to me about it and they've actually approached me and said, you know, I did have one woman asking if I needed a hand. And it's because they don't realise that you are a single parent. I've had quite a few people say, why can't you leave my home with a partner? Well, why do you assume that I've got a partner? And that that hit me because at that point last year, I was going through a breakup as well. So and recent, that's all very recent for you as well. So not only are you sort of grieving over a breakup, managing a child through a breakup. Yeah, so, I mean, that breakup wasn't nice. No breakup ever is, but the relationship was a long three-year relationship and it took its toll on me. I wasn't myself. I was very anxious. I was... It, it was like it had taken away me and just left a shell. So as well as having that happening, and then I got my friends taken away and my family taken away, my support network, I got all that taken away from me as well. So I was I was predominantly on my own. And I didn't think that I would get to where I am today. How when have I, when you done I, that? A lot of support over the phone with my friends. A lot of support text messages from them. You know, them them just being there and and letting me let off steam over the phone. A lot of them reminding me how well I'm doing and how far I come. But a lot of it has been myself. The one thing that sticks to me is my friend once said to me, she said, I will always be here for you, but I can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And since then, it's become a lot easier. I've had a lot of hurdles to overcome. I'm getting to the point where I do want a relationship now. But I've got all them hurdles as well to deal with, like the sort of attachment to somebody. Because I've had a lot of time on my own, a lot of time to to think and a lot of time to work on myself and build my own confidence up again, as well as being on my own. You talk about, not you specifically, but people talk about the double-edged sword of challenge opportunity and actually how hard this has been. The, the positive that's come out of it is you've got nobody else to attribute your success to but you. That's got to be a hell of a boost for you. It is, because when you look back, you think, oh, I, could, I, I didn't think I'd come this far. I did not think from that person that I was at the beginning of last year, I was crying every day. I didn't want to get up. I just couldn't be bothered to do anything. And then to go from that to, yes, life is still hard now because I've still got to homeschool, work, and juggle all of the single mum priorities. I can do it with a little bit more confidence because I know that I look back and I think, oh my God, I've come so far. So it does, when you sit and you look back, it does sort of spur you on when you're having a bad day. Yeah, really. And I love what you said, your friend said about, I'll be there to support you, but I can't do it for you. And I watched something yesterday, um, which I'll send you the link of, and I'll put in the link to the show notes. It's Alan Watkins, and he's a neuroscientist. And I watched um, one of his TED Talks. I can't remember what it was what it was called, but I will find it and put it in the link. But what one of the things he says is, if I have an argument with my partner, for example, my husband, if he does something to upset me and I am upset, it is natural for me to say, you have upset me. 
But when you actually think about it, he did not come to me and inject me with the emotions and the hormonal reaction that causes my feelings of being upset. So it's me that did it to me. It's my body that triggered all of those. It's my response to him. And the minute you can, I mean, knowing that in a sort of logical capacity is one thing, really believing it and feeling it is where you can start to take ownership of it. And then you become the owner of rather than the victim of. And that mindset difference is so incredibly important. And I actually made my 11-year-old watch the TED Talk because taking ownership of your sort of emotional state and then building on it is exactly what you've done over the last year. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, you have to, I think I was in denial for a bit. I was very much, you know, no one's ever going to love me again. Why has this happened? Sort of. And then when you sit and think about it, you know, people say to you, you have to do this. And then you sit and think about it, you think, you know what? You, you have to start believing that you've got self-worth. And once you take that first step, I mean, I did it in baby steps. Once you take that, it's like, I did it baby steps with having, making sure I had one night a week where I had a bath and I just laid in silence, you know, and I, I did my nail, painting my nails, I put a face mask on. I just made sure I had one night a week where I did that. And it, it really helped because it, it does start to gather your self-worth. You know, I'm interested that you've said that and really a bit blown away by it because what people think of as self-care is often mistaken for coping mechanisms. And I think what you've talked about there is really taking some time to get to know your mind rather than turning to something that can shut your mind down, whether that is distraction with, I don't know, substance like, you know, alcohol or or, uh, distraction with some other form. It is really like looking inwards and going, I'm going to take this time for me because I am worth it. Yeah, it took me a very long while to realise that because like you said, you mentioned alcohol and things. I went to alcohol every night I was having a glass of wine or, you know, and then once you've had a glass, it turns to two and then it turns to a bottle. And that was my coping mechanism. I was getting through the day and then I was drinking on a night. And then there was just some days where I was just like, I don't want to drink. So I still have a drink now, you know, sometimes I have a glass, sometimes I have a bottle, but I'm an adult, I can do that. But it it was that I need to, you know, like find something else as well. Yeah. And that's what spurred me on. I think that's absolutely incredible. And I also am very partial to a glass of Rioja or a bottle or several. (laughs) And and I'm, I'm actually trying to do dry 2021. Oh, really? Um, Which, you know, was going really well until Boris announced that schools were locking down uh, (laughs) on the 4th of January. Um, But I'm sticking to it. And I I don't know if I'll make the whole year. But for me, it's because alcohol through last year had become a coping mechanism. And I noticed that it it was getting to five, six o'clock and I was going, right, can I, can I, can I open the bottle yet? And actually, I realized that the impact on me, that was just a shutdown. And it caused me more anxiety in the long run than actually solved. So I've, I've taken the challenge because I, like you, want to find a more 
proactive way to look after myself that doesn't involve just numbing something. And I, and I want to reframe my relationship with alcohol because I want alcohol, I want a glass of red wine to be a treat and something I enjoy rather than must get there because it shuts down the anxiety. And, and yeah. for, for me, I noticed that I'd made the switch somewhere along the line and I just needed to switch it back. And, and you know, you've obviously done that as well. Well done, you. Yeah, that's exactly the same with me. It used to get to, after a stressful day, trying to homeschool, trying to work, and not only that, keeping on top of the housework. I mean, who knew that two people and a dog could make so much mess? You're at home twenty-four-seven. So you do. I used to sit there in my kitchen whilst I was working and think, I could be putting a lot of washing on now. I'm at home, but because I was at home, I was thinking of them jobs. Whereas if I was at work, I wouldn't be thinking of them jobs, and I was also thinking of what can I paint next. Oh, I painted my entire hall stairs and landing. Yeah, like I, why? Yeah, I've done the top. I've done everywhere. I've done the top of the stairs. I've done my bedroom. I've done Alfie's bedroom. And then I sit there and think, right, well, what can I do now? I even went and did some gardening, and I've never <laughs> gardened in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of you know get the get Alfie outside. I'm doing something, well, what can we do? Right, we'll do some gardening. I think we gave up after half a day. <laughs> I think that's incredible. But it's back to that boundaries and structure. And I don't yeah. know if you're anything like me, but I need the demarcation between homework because otherwise my head becomes filled with everything all at once. And then I start to get very anxious and overwhelmed and panicky. Yeah. And I do everything half yeah, I got to the point where I had to be strict with myself. And when I finished work on a Thursday, my laptop went in the cupboard. It, I used to leave it out because it was just easier, but then I had to be strict with myself and say, no, your laptop needs to go away when you finish work because otherwise I couldn't relax. I was thinking, I, you know, it caught me out the corner of my eye. And that was, it was like, right, okay, I'll log on again and just, pick up my emails or just check what work I've got or I've got loads of this work to do I'll just do this and I got I was getting into bed and I was laid there for about an hour or so just thinking right well I've got this to do I've got this to do I've got this to do and you just don't shut off so I had to be very strict with myself and say right it's going away and I don't you know now it's it's that thing of out of sight out of mind yeah and the washing isn't out of sight out of mind if you're sitting in the kitchen (laughs) oh Gemma it sounds like you've had a hell of a few years but actually that you should be really really proud of yourself for where you are now and just imagine where you'll be this time next year when you continue the the trajectory yeah that's what spurs me on now knowing that I've done it all by myself yes I have got friends that have supported me and family that have supported me and the occasional glass of wine that I have now compared to numbing it out it does spur you on because you, you you sit there and you look back and you think I didn't think I would ever have got through that but I have where do you see yourself in uh February 2022 what's your oh, one goal I think my one goal would be to be more secure and happy in myself it would be nice to be settled down in a relationship and 
have have overcome them battles of my self worth and my trust issues that I've got with people, and to and to maybe let someone in, but predominantly be a lot more happy and stronger as, as a single mum. So, um, you know, I'm really grateful to you for being so honest and open and transparent because actually, I genuinely and and and, and strongly believe that that is the critical factor in people's happiness and 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 being open and developing a community around that so i'm incredibly grateful to you because i know how hard it can be to take sort of the mask of professional life or whatever most people wear off so thank you oh you're very welcome no, I, i'm the worst person at putting on an act i put on an act i put on a brave face i as soon as i step out of my front door that's it it's like a coat of armor and it doesn't come off until I get home. My home is like my safe space. So I can be vulnerable. I can be with my emotions. When I go out, I feel like I have to be that brave person because I feel like everyone's going to judge you. And that's one thing that people need to understand is just because you're upset or something's hurting you mentally, you need to show, you need to be able to show that because otherwise it eats away at you. You know what? This Alan Watkins talk said something which I think is really interesting. Emotion is energy in motion. It's a tangible thing. It is energy moving around your body. It's not some fluffy stuff that you've made up. It's there. It's tangible. It's a chemical reaction moving around your body. And therefore, we just need to understand that a bit more and be okay with it and channel it in a way that is healthy and proactive and I think it's incredible so well done you oh thank you thank you for listening to today's podcast your reviews shares and followership is incredibly valuable to us if you'd like to know more about our work through coffee carbon connection and how we can support you please email us at hello at coffee or follow us on social media thank you